As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, I'm Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. What is going on, Angels fans? This is Darren Garcia, and this is another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Uh, this time, I get to talk to Jared Walsh of the Salt Lake Bees and the Los Angeles Angels spent some time up there and we talk about that a little bit and um, his time down in Salt Lake where he had a really, really good season. If you want to follow him on Instagram and on Twitter, handles is exactly the same, at Walshy21. Um, we talk a little bit about his social media, I don't know, kind of like rules and what he does on social media. So um, definitely give him a follow. Uh, He's always tweeting, and, and, and we'll get to the Game 6 of the World Series after the interview um, because I'm recording it right this podcast right after the game, and I have some thoughts about what happened uh, uh, during that game, but, we'll, but that'll be after the interview. Um, but again, this is the interview with Jared Walsh. Um, at the end, after the interview, we'll, I'll also get to the newest signing of Joe Madden's uh, coaching staff, but before we get to the interview, um, we want to talk about another, uh, not another sponsor, but the sponsor, I guess you want to say, been with us since the beginning, and that is my bookie. Uh, I'm a I'm a football fan. I watch football Saturday. I watch football Sunday. Um, you know, and even you know, I'll watch football Monday night if the game's good enough. But either way you look at it, those games are always just a little more exciting if you have some action. On those games, and whether you're a first timer or a guy that you know does it all the time, my bookie is a great place to do it. Uh, my bookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro college football action every weekend. They always have up to date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to get, uh, if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at my bookie. Uh, if you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. Pick uh, pick your locks for the week. Put them together in one parlay bet, and when they come all come through, the rewards will be huge. As a guy that recently tried this parlay thing, uh, always knew how to do it, never really tried it before, but I did try it. It is harder than you think. Uh, knowing football, knowing scores, knowing how you think a team's going to win or lose is one thing, but when you start putting those... Uh, point spreads in there, it can become a total different kind of uh, beast. But 
um, right now with my bookie, uh, they will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put down a thousand dollars, you'll get an extra thousand dollars to bet with. Um, that's double your initial bet. You can get, uh, can use all for all your favorite picks. Just use promo code armchair to activate that offer. Again, that's promo code armchair to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Again, thanks to mybookie, uh, kind of the original sponsor when we jumped on with the armchair network. But I want to thank them. I want to thank all our other sponsors. And here is my interview with Jared Walsh. The next guest on the All Angels podcast is Jared Walsh. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Thank you for uh, taking some time out. So I kind of want to start there. Your Triple A season with Salt Lake was off the charts. I'm talking like 36 home runs, a batting average over 300. Um, what was it about when you were down there that everything just kind of seemed to start clicking? You know, I think um, obviously most people that are familiar with the PCL know that it's a it's definitely a hitters league, and you know we don't necessarily have proof that the baseballs are different but i think everybody would agree that the the big league baseball seems to be jumping and we use those in triple a as well but i think the thing that allowed me to have a good year was just each year i've tried to refine my pitch selection swing at a certain pitch in a certain spot and uh, just not swing at balls so i think this year i got a little bit better and um, that's kind of going into the off season that's kind of one of my plans to continue to improve on now when you're on a streak like that where you're really hot is there are you superstitious at all as far as same bat, same glove, same kind of routine, or is, are you not that kind of a player? I mean, I guess in some ways I would say there are more habits, but, um, you know, it, I think if you do get comfortable with a bat, you use it. Um, it just feels good in your hands, so you like using stuff like that. But honestly, I try not to be too superstitious because, you know, you wake up every day in the off season and you put in all the work. It's like, if you're thinking that superstitions are what's making you successful, then, you know, what's the point in really working hard? So I try to just, you know, prepare. And then if good things happen, they do. And if bad things happen, figure out where I went wrong. When, when you're at AAA in Salt Lake, you are, you know, a number of things away from being called up to the majors. When you're down there and you know you're in that situation, do you follow the Angels maybe a little bit closely than maybe if you were, like, say, in AA or when you started out in single A? I actually don't. I love big league baseball, so I watch as many big league baseball games as I can. And uh, when I'm on the West Coast, it's not quite as easy. You know, when I was in like Double A and Mobile, I could go home and watch the Angels game or watch really any any late night game. I don't really have that opportunity, so I wouldn't say that I follow the Angels in particular, just because you know you're not going to play GM in your head. If they need you, they'll call you up, and if they don't necessarily need you at that time then they'll call somebody else up. So I never really stress about that. It's just more I try to watch as much baseball as I can just to kind of be well-rounded and understand what other teams are doing, other pitchers are doing, other hitters are doing. Now, with you in particular, more so than you know, probably outside Shohei Otani, you are looked at as a position player slash pitcher. So what is your mindset going into a game knowing that you know, you're probably going to play first base, but there's also a chance you might, you know, also pitch at some point, even if not that game, maybe the next game. Yeah, I think as as um, elementary as this sounds, my catch play before the game is huge. If you if you watch a lot of position players kind of just go out there and they throw a few throws to get warmed up, that's adequate to throw the ball across the infield. But for me, if I know that I 
could potentially be coming in to pitch that day. I have to take my catch play really seriously before the game. So I'm out there not only letting it rip with my fastball, but I'm throwing change-ups and curveballs and stuff like that just so that my arm is prepared that if I get called on three hours later, I'm kind of not putting in shock and it's, it's prepared to go out there on the mound and try to fire some bullets. So when the Angels approached you about having that kind of a role of, you know, being like a slash player, I guess you want to call it, what was your initial reaction from when they brought up the idea? I was actually extremely excited because in 2018, I had had, I had had some success and they were kind of, I wasn't officially like a two-way player, but I kind of knew if we ever got down by a little bit that it was very possible, or if we went to extra innings that I was going to be coming into pitch. So when they approached me about it, I was actually really excited just because it's fun, you know, to go out there and I get to watch, you know, some of the best guys in the world. I mean, now in person that I played the big leagues, but even on TV. So, you know, when you see what those guys are doing, it's fun to try to try to chase that and work on pitches and just become a more well-rounded player. So, yeah, let's talk about that. You get the call this year to, to join up with the big team uh, May 15th. When you got the call, where were you and do you remember your reaction when you finally got told that you're coming up? Yeah, never forget it. Um, we just played a game in Reno, Nevada against the Reno Aces, the Diamondbacks AAA affiliate. And I'd had a good game. I think I had a couple extra base hits or something like that. And it was just kind of taking my time. I ate and I was about to shower. And Brian Bettencourth, our AAA hitting coach, walks out and is like, hey, I need to talk to you. And I'm, you know, I'm walking back to the office with them thinking, oh, my gosh, this could be it. So I walk in, and they're all there, and they're like, hey, man, you're going up to the big leagues. And in all honesty, I was, you know, I smiled a little bit, hugged everybody, got in the shower, did my thing, got dressed, and started walking back. And then I got to the food court um, in the hotel, and I called my mom. And, you know, we were both really excited. So it was a moment that I'll never forget, but it was definitely very shocking. You know, something that you kind of work your whole life for. And then when you get it, you don't really know how you're going to react. So I was, I, I just couldn't, you know, really like, I couldn't really understand the ramifications of, okay, I'm actually going to be playing in the major leagues at that point. It didn't really dawn on me till quite some time later. Now, again, that was May 15th and you get, I believe three hits on your first game as a major league player. Did that relieve some stress as far as like not trying too hard because you're up and trying to make an impression? Did that, does getting your, you know, your first hit, your first game, that had to feel great. No doubt. Um, it, it felt awesome, you know, and I think one thing that was cool about it was, you know, I've talked to guys like Caleb Coward and I know Alex Bregman was like this, that, you know, it took him quite some time to get a hit in the big league. So I think that's hitting down, hitting the nail on the head that, you know, I think it was my third at bat. I got my first hit and it was kind of like, okay, you know, you got that over with now just go out there and focus on having a good at bat. Don't be so obsessed with the results. Just try to, uh, try to put good at bats together. Now you kind of having a different story than a lot of players, as far as like the high draft picks, you got picked in the 39th round in the 2015 draft for a guy that's picked, you know, that far down, how, how would you summarize your, your, your adventure up to the majors? Well, you know, I've, um, I think I got lucky in the organization that I got taken in. I would have, you know, just for my sanity on the three days of the draft, looking back, I would have liked to gone earlier, but, um, but I really think that, you know, I got lucky because the angels didn't really judge me on the fact that I was a 39th rounder. I think they just kind of let me go out there and play and they judged me on my at bats and my ability. 
So I was really thankful for that. But I do think that, you know, the reality is when you're a later round pick, sometimes you have to prove yourself more so than somebody who's gotten a significant amount of money. So, you know, that's something that I have no problem with. And I totally understand that's kind of the business, but I'm, I'm just thankful for the opportunity that I got to show myself and get enough at bats to prove myself over that time. So another thing we like to do with guys on the all angels podcast is try to get to know them, you know, off the field. So, Myself and my co-host, we like to collect, whether it's bobbleheads, sign balls, just anything in general. Do you have a collection of, it could be sports or non-sports related? Um, I'm actually kind of developing that right now. Um, I think some of the the cool things are, uh, I follow a couple things on Instagram about like MLB game use bats and stuff like that. So I'm kind of building that stuff, but um, you know. I tried not to be too annoying to some of the guys in the clubhouse when I was up in Anaheim, but I got Simba to sign one of his bottles of wine for some event that he did. So that was pretty cool. So I think slowly, but surely I'm, I'm just a huge baseball fan all around. I hope to always be in the game. So hopefully I can have a nice house for the man cave decked out with all sort of cool baseball memorabilia. That's nice. Yeah. That's a nice start way to start the collection. Um, downtime. Yeah. So, you know, you're on the road, whether it's in, you know, minor leagues or even at the majors. There's a lot of downtime between games, after games, before games. What are you doing to kind of get when you're away from the game to pass the time? Hmm. Um, you know, I go through my periods where I read a lot and I go through my periods where I'm not as good about it. But I try to read a lot um, because I felt like when I left college and I didn't read for like a year and a half, I was like, wow, I'm I'm. I'm an idiot. Like I, well, my spelling wasn't good or anything like that. So I was like, okay, start reading. But, um, you know, I just like to spend a lot of time with my teammates anyway. Um, and in all honesty, while you watch a lot of TV, like you said, you do have downtime, but you even get bored with TV. So I try to mix it up as much as I can on the road. So if you were able to be a professional athlete in any other sport, what sport would it be? And then what position would it be? Who? Um, that's a great question. I would say a probably a shooting guard in basketball. I'm the worst. I, I'm probably the worst basketball player anyone's ever seen. But um, it seems like, you know, if you can keep your knees healthy, basketball players might live a little bit healthier life after their career than NFL. And so, yeah, I would say probably probably a good basketball player would have to be my answer for that. With the NBA season just around the corner as we talk, are, do you have an NBA team? Do you follow it at all, or are you just kind of watch the sport overall I, just in general? I just, yeah, I just kind of watch the sport. When I was growing up, um, my parents lived in Detroit, so we were big Pistons fans when I was a kid when they had like Ben Wallace and Chauncey Billups and Rip Hamilton and all those guys. But um, as I've gotten older now, I just kind of try to watch as much as I can. And, you know, you got teams like the Warriors who seem to be on prime time all the time. And, you know, you see, like, obviously you just got to appreciate the specimen that LeBron is. So uh, try to watch, try to watch like the primetime games and stuff like that. But I don't have one team that I necessarily live and die with in the NBA. Another question. If we were to open up your phone right now, what would be the first song or the last song you've played on it? Oh, man, that is a good question. Um I don't know, probably some oldies. My, uh, I, I almost want to open up my Spotify right now, but um, 
It was probably like Stevie Wonder, I think, was the most recently thing, most recent thing I listened to. What and going kind of going with music? What was your walk up song, and why why was that picked, or why did you pick that? Um, my walk up song was Award Tour by a tribe called Quest, and um, basically, I really like the old school hip hop. I don't not you know not to talk bad about the modern hip hop. I think times have changed a little bit, but. Um, you know, like from a historical sense, there's some good stuff on Netflix to watch about kind of how hip hop became what it was and, you know, all the way up from the seventies till now. So, um, I think like the, the eighties and nineties hip hop was really cool. Now, again, we're recording this probably a little more than a week away from Halloween. What is your Halloween costume this year? And if you don't have one, what was the last thing you remember dressing up as? So when I was in high school, I went to a party and I was dressed up as a hot dog and that like everybody loved it. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to hold on to this. So I think of probably the last seven Halloweens, I've been a hot dog, like five of them. So yeah, most, most of the time it's the same. Same suit. Yeah. Oh, wow. You're getting your money's worth off of that. Then definitely. Yeah, I am. I spent, I spent 40 bucks on it in like 2011 I think I lost one in college and then went and got another one. So, you know, I've definitely got my money's worth out of the Halloween costumes. Now, uh, animals, are you a dog or cat person? Funny you ask. I, I'm living at my mom's house currently in Georgia, and I'll be heading back out to Arizona right after the, the new year. But um, cats, we have – I have three cats sitting in front of me right now. So I know that with your that I got. <laughs> I noticed that with your Instagram. Yeah, yep. yeah my, my Instagram is crazy. I, we had a dog uh, that actually we got when I was in fifth grade, and he just passed away this past season while I was I was in Salt Lake. So that was tough. But um, I love them both. Love all animals, and I think there's something that we really need to cherish. But um, I don't know. Probably probably cats, but I definitely need another dog. That's for sure. And, and kind of like a look behind the curtain, we actually, you know, touched base through social media. Um, as a player, you know, that Angel fans know, how do you kind of manage your social media account? Like as far as not saying anything that might get you in trouble, but still kind of interacting with, with, with fans as much as you can. Um, I try not to, I don't think I, I post like a ton, um, but I try to, you know, just stay engaged, not even with just fans, but maybe friends or family. And obviously the fans, it's like you love when they follow you too. And, and, you know, you understand that the fans have expectations for the players and they want to connect with the players. So um, I think it's just kind of understanding that, you know, you need to be a professional when you're on the field and when you're off the field. So try to keep it professional on the social media as much as possible, but also you don't want to be a square and be a robot that's boring. So try to find some happy, happy medium there. That's that's good advice for so the social media aspect of it. Now, um, beaches or mountains? Beaches. There you go, hundred percent. Southern California, I guess that's almost a given. Yeah, I yeah, I'm not I'm not against the mountains, but beaches that's an easy one for me. And last question, I'll, I'll let you go on after this. And thanks again for taking uh, time out to chat with us. Um, best advice you've gotten, baseball related. It could be from you know a previous coach, a teammate, or you know family member. Oh, you know, if I had more time, I could probably dig deep into the treasure chest on that. But I think one of them would be, um, you know, when I got called up, Mike Gallego kind of tapped me on the shoulder and goes, hey, you're supposed to be here. 
you know, I know it's your first day and, you know, you recognize a lot of these names, but you're supposed to be here. You're as good as them. They might be a little more polished, but just go out there and compete and just get your reps in. And I think that's huge because, you know, sometimes as fans or if you're someone like me, you know, you, you kind of put these people on a pedestal of, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm playing against or, you know, playing with certain people. And it's like, they're humans too. You know, they get out, most of them get out seven out of 10 times, sometimes more. They all make make mistakes. They all have flaws. So just be yourself and go out there and trust in your ability. And that's, that's really not always the easiest thing to do, but I think it's really important because, you know, the more you're around, you kind of understand, okay, they might be a little bit better than me now, but I can work to be on a similar level as a lot of these guys. That's great advice. Uh, I want to thank you again, Jared, for taking time out. Um, enjoy your off season. You know, baseball players don't get a ton of it, so enjoy it, and we will see you in Tempe during, for the spring. Awesome. Thank you for having me, get, having me on. I really appreciate it. Hey, hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. This is Hook Vicious. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. I'd like to thank Jared Walsh again for his time out talking to me on the phone about his season, his great season in AAA Salt Lake, and also the time he spent with the Angels and his mindset behind that. Great to, to meet up with or to catch up with him and talk with him uh, during the offseason. And uh, can't wait to see what kind of role he will play in the Angels moving forward. Again, if you want to follow him, uh, his Instagram and his Twitter handles are both the same. It's at Walshy21. I will be putting the... Uh, the link or his handle in the uh, description of this podcast. So again, if you don't get it um, or want to see how it's spelled, it will be in the description of the podcast. Again, it's Walshy21. Um, a lot of other news happened since the last time we talked. Um, obviously, Joe Madden got introduced as the Angels' uh, newest manager, but also he filled a very important um, role on his staff. But before we get to that, I want to introduce the newest sponsor to the Armchair Network and also the All Angels podcast, and that's Manscaped. They are the number one men's below-the-belt grooming um, razor. Uh, I don't know how else to put that. Uh, you know, that's why uh, Manscaped has redefined the electric trimmer, and that's why Manscaping accidents have fi- are finally a thing of the past. And why would you really, if you think about it, why would you really use the same trimmer on your face that you use down there? That's just not good. Uh, Manscaped has a bunch of other 
uh, deodorant and moisturizers for that part of the area that you can also get. But now if you uh, listen to the podcast and are interested, we have a special promo code for you. Get 20% off and free shipping while you use promo code MANSCAPE or promo code armchair, and that's manscaped.com. Again, that's promo code armchair at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Uh, your balls will thank you. Again, Manscape, a bunch of um, deodorant, moisturizers, uh, trimmers, razors, anything you can think of for that part of the area. Uh, stay fresh, stay clean. Again, want to thank them for being a sponsor of the uh, Armchair Network and also the All Angels Podcast. So, like I was saying before, the Angels did fill a big hole in their coaching staff, and um, and that is Mickey Callaway as the pitching coach. So, again, uh, Mickey Callaway hired as a pitching coach, formerly of the Mets manager, and now before that, the Indians pitching coach, where he had his best success there. So, again, uh, I'm jumping on Instagram Live right now, so we'll see if I have anything coming up. But I just want to thank... Uh, all the followers, all the listeners. Again, we just finished an interview with Jared Walsh. Make sure you check that out. Um, Mickey Calloway, uh, the newest member, I guess you want to say, of the Angels uh, staff. Really got to have him on on board with Joe Madden. I think he will be a very good addition with his time he spent in Cleveland. Did really good with Cleveland. Cleveland's uh, staff ERA the time he was there, uh, lowest and MLB, which is also something the Angels really desperately But not only that, uh, someone else with managerial experience that is able to maybe bounce some ideas off of Joe. Joe can bounce some ideas off of him. So the next biggest thing now, obviously, of Joe Madden's staff is going to be the bench coach. The bench coach is the next biggest thing that will need to be filled on that team. Um, I haven't heard any names yet, which is kind of surprising, but I'm guessing that's going to be filled relatively quickly. As we record this right now, kind of behind the scenes. Game, game six of the World Series now leading into game seven. And for people that watched it, uh, the umpires, again, are playing a really big role of it. Umpires, calls, non-calls, missed calls have been a really big factor in this World Series, I feel, in general. Um, I'm not sure what a lot of people think about robot umpires as far as behind the plate. I think that's something that's going to happen uh, eventually. But even the quote-unquote human aspect of this game even, again, if you watch Game 6, of running down the field, running down uh, first base line, stuff like that seems very inconsistent. Granted, they have a tough job. Granted that it's not the easiest job, but sometimes you need some kind of consistency to go with it. And if you've watched at all the World Series, whether it's some uh, ball fours called, some strike threes called, the incident running down the line to first base today, um, it hasn't been a good look for this umpiring crew at all. Um, whether they made the right decision or wrong decision, uh, I don't think that's necessarily the point. I think the point is that they're make, they are becoming the story of the World Series, not the teams that are playing. And one thing I've, I've never realized, or never not that I never realized, but I never understood why umpires are not questioned like players and managers are at the end of games, which is to me is kind of kind of weird at this point in age where you want kind of transparency. You want to, um, I mean, managers, they go out there and make a pitch and change and it blows up in their face. Guess what? They have to answer to it in the media afterwards, ask what they're thinking, the process behind it. What I don't get is why umpires don't have to do the same. Whether they have a good explanation behind the call or the strike three call or the blown call here or there, or they don't. 
but at least they have some kind of transparency and you can talk to them through the press, press can some questions. I mean, they're just as big a part as the game as the players and the managers are, whether you want them to or not, but they have an effect on every single play of the game, every single pitch of the game, and for them to kind of get away from not answering any questions, especially after, you know, maybe one questionable play at, uh, during the game is kind of weird to me. Um, would love to see that. Would love to see any kind of uh, press conference type of thing, even if it's only to a handful of people, but it would be really nice to see that. Again, um, this has been recorded after Game 6 of the World Series where there's a lot of uh, controversy. you got a manager game tossed um, between innings after arguing a call that, honestly, it was probably, if you look on Twitter, if you look on social media, from not only fans, um, uh, but even players. I, I retweeted, I, I re... Um, uh, I even posted something on our Instagram about like Brandon Marsh not thinking it was a great call. And I mean, and he's not the only one. There's a lot of MLB um, players, a lot of MLB writers and, and stuff that they had to follow it that didn't think it was a good call. And I would agree with them. I don't, I think that was a really bad call. The the baseline call. I mean, there's only so much space you can do if, if he's running and he's not purposely trying to get out, uh, he's not trying purposely trying to avoid him. He's literally running a straight line. I don't know how much more you need a guy to do. Um, but the fact of the matter is that they can't, they don't answer questions about it after the game. I think it's my biggest issue. Like, okay, granted, there's not going to be a, um, you know, you're not going to overturn that call, especially because it's not reviewable. But why not have the tr- uh, the crew chief that is involved in all those big calls like that, all the replays, go up to the press and and talk about it, answer some questions, even if it's for you know a quick minute. At least he's still kind of that transparency thing. Uh, balls and strikes, granted, are a little bit harder. It happens so fast. I was listening to something uh, the other day, and, and, you know, when umpires kind of started this thing, the top speed was, what, 85 way back in the day, 90. Now you're consistently seeing guys at 92, 93, 94, all the way up to, you know, 99, 100 when the guys are really, really good. Um, and to think that their eyes can actually see um, how much a ball sweeps and, and if it clips the corner or not is kind of hard. So I think... You know, the interference calls, the fair foul calls, the, you know, that judgment call on the base patch are always going to be there. But if you can at least sure up the balls and strikes with some kind of computer system. And granted, that's not perfect either. And that's not hasn't been perfect for a little bit. So that's still a work in progress. Um, but at least if you know a couple inches off the corner is going to be a strike, at least you know a couple inches off the corner of the plate is going to be a strike every single time. And you can adjust. And you're not going to have an issue where it was like in game, I believe it was game five, where... Uh, one inning, that ball, that uh, pitch off the plate was a ball, ball four. And then in the next half inning, that same pitch off the corner was now strike three. At least there's not that kind of in, uh, inconsistency. And I think that is the biggest thing. Um, I don't know where they go from here. I don't know if that's a union thing as far as getting them in front of the press. I would love, love to find out why these guys aren't kind of held accountable just as much as any player or coach manager is in, in any sport. I mean, you can look up a basketball, baseball, football. I mean, these players have to be put in front, or don't have to, but they get put in front of these um, reporters every day and have to answer, hey, what were you thinking here? What were you thinking there? Um, I, I just think they should, uh, the umpire should have that same kind of requirement. But um, Game 7 tomorrow should be really interesting. Uh, you got Matt Serger. No one really knows how healthy he is. 
and Granke, who has been kind of inconsistent throughout the playoffs, and so it'll be really interesting to see what happens there. But again, uh, I guess the big news um, is they, uh, for the Angels at least, is Mickey Callaway coming on three-year deal as the pitching coach. Like I said before, this is the kind of the biggest news since you last heard from us, and that's when Joe uh, got formally introduced as the Angels manager on Thursday. So I figured... Um, I figured that this is a good time to talk about that and also to drop the Jared Walsh interview. So, again, I'm on Instagram also. So, if you watch, if you're listening or watching on Instagram Live, I'm downloading the Jared Walsh interview tonight. Um, so, definitely check it out. Um, our next probably podcast will be sometime. And, and hopefully, once spring training, or not spring training, sorry, once free agency starts working its way around and people start signing after the World Series. Because, guess what? Tomorrow's the last day of the World Series, so that means that it is also about that time where free agency is going to start picking up. And I had talked to um, Rhett Bollinger a little while ago just to kind of get some dates uh, that are going to be important once the World Series is over. So I'm trying to find that right now. But yeah, so once... um, once the World Series is over, then that kind of starts the clock as far as teams. Um, okay, here it is. First day after the World Series. So this is already going to be Thursday. Major League players can be traded once again. Um, eligible players become free agencies at 9 uh, Eastern. So that's 6 a.m. Uh, West Coast time. Um, five days after the World Series. Last day to reinstate players from the 60-day DL. Quote-unquote, choir period ends. And MLB free agency, free agents free to sign with clubs. Deadline for clubs to tender qualifying offers to free agencies are also that five days after. So that is um, when you'll know about the Cole situation. And then that's also too when uh, not only Garrett Cole, but Cole Calhoun. Um, Cole Calhoun, whether or not he comes back or if they don't exercise that option. And Garrett Cole, it's the first day he can sign back. So um, I think... Um, so again, that's five days after the World Series, so five days after Thursday. So again, I want to thank you guys for dropping by. Uh, I just went up just to kind of talk about not only Game 6, because that was really bugging me, but also to give you a heads up about this Jared Walsh interview. So again, um, I am Daniel Garcia, and this has been another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. 
Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.